Welcome back to Me After Work, You Don't Know What You Don't Know. I'm Celeste and today I'm speaking to Sheila Vijarasa. Hi Celeste, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Okay, so usually my podcasts go on for a bit of longer than I would like. Okay. Um, So we're going to get straight into the big questions, okay? I'm ready. I'm sort of not ready. You are so ready. (laughs) Um, You're an intuitive coach. Yes. Can you explain what that actually means? I awakened to my intuitive abilities about five years ago. And to be honest, I think I definitely always had them. And I found the awakening quite difficult because I was really embedded in the corporate world. I just finished an MBA and I really thought I was climbing this corporate ladder and I thought that's where I wanted to be. So I'm, I'm taking you back to that place because it's, it's important in where I am now. And when I worked to my intuitive abilities, I didn't really know what to do with them. It was really uncomfortable. What is an awakening? Five years ago, an awakening, what, what is that? That's a, that's a great question. An awakening is, I feel like it's when your consciousness shifts from one, from one place to another. I feel like that happens to me every day. Does that mean I have awakening Yeah, but, but an awakening, it, it feels quite big. Okay. It feels like there's a shattering of, of ego. The old you ceases to exist on some levels, on an emotional level. On a spiritual level, you start to ask bigger questions and seek answers. What triggered the awakening? It was a relationship break breakdown. And I, I've got so many friends in this industry and it, an awakening, I mean, it can be cost. I know people call it a midlife crisis, but a spiritual awakening, you tend to have quite a big, quite a big change in your life. It could be, you know, a job loss, a relationship breakdown, some sort of financial challenge. Something is taken away that makes you challenge who you are, your status, who am I, what's important to me. So that, that I mean, that happens to everyone every day, right? But some, what would be, why would someone have a spiritual awakening and someone have a midlife crisis? Um, like, uh, yeah, that's a really good question. I think the spiritual awakening is to help put you on the course, on put you help. I won't call course correct, but help put you on the path that you you deeply desire, that your soul deeply desires, that you're resisting. That was my case anyway. My ego was leading me in a direction that I thought, with my rational mind, was where I wanted to go, but my heart, my heart, and my emotional mind wanted to be somewhere else. And so in some ways, potentially I manifested, um, you know, this crisis, this, um, this cause, you know, this change in my life. When it happened, I actually felt a sense of peace um, underlying all of the chaos. There was a feeling that this is where I'm meant to be. Um, and I think with the crisis and a midlife crisis, it depends on where your consciousness is at, how much you resist the crisis um, will, might mean the crisis lasts longer. It might be a bit more messier and you may not get the growth you need. A friend once told me, don't ever waste a crisis. Oh, what great advice. Don't ever waste a crisis, a friend once told okay. me. And I think they're there for a reason to allow great introspection, to allow you to question everything and and to be really brave and to, to to challenge the way you've been living your life that's what i did 
Okay, so how to, did you what what how did you challenge? I started to own my intuitive abilities. I started to um, feel this is the path I'm meant to be on, even though I wasn't ready to professionally commit to my intuitive skills. So I'm a medium. Those abilities come from my mother's side of the family. You don't have to have inherited these abilities. They innately um, are in all of us. How do you know you're a medium or how do we know that we're all mediums or like when does that come to you? So I find for me it was I psychically intuitively opened up and we have clear abilities. So the abilities of intuition are clear, which is French for clear, clear seeing, clairvoyance is clear seeing, clear um, clear cognizant is just clear knowing when we have absolute knowings and truths about events and circumstances and peoples. And everyone has that. Everyone has that because, and and I teach this now, I teach three levels of intuitive development and everyone has that daydreaming, uh, has had a moment of daydreaming where you've had a vision and then some level that's a clairvoyance. Um, You can see if you dream and you can visually remember your dreams, that's a clairvoyant state. Um, Clear, you're, you're knowing about danger. You're feeling about a person. I feel I can trust them. You've had to do a job interview or you've had to be on a date. You get a feeling you know if you meet a new friend you you have feelings off the bat that's everyone's intuitive abilities working very gently very gently to assist us in life when you harness them through meditation practices and there's other tools you can use they get stronger it's like any muscle you know if you set out to run a half marathon no one starts out as a runner You, you put practice in dedication you have a goal you focus you get there and that's what I teach my students if you are called to learn intuitive development you have intuitive skills who's calling there's a feeling, and, and that's, a, that's a great question. Someone asked me, can everyone do that? This friend was challenging me around me teaching intuitive development. And I, and I said to him, everyone technically can sing. Everyone technically can. My music teacher would say that. But I don't feel called to have singing lessons because I just don't feel like it's a strong ability I have or something I want to master in this lifetime. And it's the desire to go and learn something more is when you feel like you can do it and do it well. So the calling is just a desire to learn more. It's this this understanding. You might have evidence that you have these abilities. You might hear about it in your family that your parents have it and you think, oh, I want to, you know, explore that a bit more. Um, you might have had experience like paranormal experiences or experiences with, um, you know, spirits or things like that. Definitely have had students that have had experience like, and, and with the experiences comes question marks, a lot of questions. Also comes fear. That's when they seek out a teacher. You won't seek something that you don't want to learn more about in this life. That's um, Have you had experiences that have scared you? Yeah, I have had a couple, yeah, definitely. And and that's where I think having a good teacher or a mentor is really important to just take the fear away. They just explain through their own experiences what has happened to you. Um, and one of the first things I teach is around protection and boundaries. And quite often what we fear is, um, you know, we fear fear itself. We fear, sometimes we just fear our own power. We fear that when we start opening ourselves up, we're going to have a lot of um, unpleasant experiences because the first one might have been. Mm. It's, it's it's really the case. It's never the case of, that I've found. When you own your space, in, and it's, you know, spiritual law, it's if you if you own your space and you command, um, you, 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 you command um, 
I guess, sovereignty over your space. Nothing can enter it. And that's just like life. It's boundaries. It's called boundaries. Um, so I work in a really strong energetic space um, with my clients. And that's what I teach my students to do. How do you explain to someone who... I've heard you use the word woo-woo. Yeah. And how do you explain to someone who is so... This, this world is so foreign mm. and so scary and... Yeah. Um, Sometimes they, they, there's the curiosity, but they don't they don't want to know too much, or they don't. Sure. There's the the question around belief or yep. um, conflict with their religious values. Yep. Like, how, 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 what would you say to them? Well, that, I think it's really common, so it's a really good question. I think a lot of people, and I'm actually teaching about the path of ascension, and very early on, your belief sets get tend to get challenged. And so I'm shattered because you're raised with really strong religious faith or, um, you know, and there is such a a preconceived idea around spirituality and um, so many words are used. I I can say it's a little bit taboo. I think get curious and you'll only read and absorb what you're ready to. Even on my path, I look back years ago and I just wasn't ready for some pretty advanced concepts. And I remember I'd open a book and read a chapter and close it because I just wasn't ready to, to, you know, I was still skeptical. I was still unsure. I still hadn't um, absorbed some of the early concepts. It's like at university when you do a degree, you can't do a third year subject in first year. They take you through all the basic subjects first. You know, you get integrated into any type of learning. When you want to master something, it takes time. So if you're a bit scared, I just think get curious, ask questions. Um, you're allowed to not believe. Everyone's, it, this is just another belief set. This is just another set of experiences. What I like about the world, what I'm seeing is everyone's opening up to the high conscious states. What does that mean, high conscious states? I think we're opening up to our own truths. We're no longer relying on people outside of ourselves, And that's what I think the intuitive coaching and counseling does. In my sessions with clients, it's it is there is a strong intuitive aspect, but then I'll move into a coaching and counselling type session after, where we, we we allow for greater transformation. So I've done, in addition to my um, intuitive abilities, I've done like an executive coaching qualification and NLP and an MBA. So I've got a whole mixed bag. I've been an executive, so whole mixed bag of experiences. So I understand what it's like to be in the world. What would be your typical client no I, I don't have a typical client I've seen or give some examples of- yeah I've got typical questions you know you know what I've loved about this work I've had I've my I've had clients from teenagers 12 14 year old women and men their parents have come and seen me and then their children have come after which has been I, I, feel, I felt very flattered that I could help the family unit um, I've had all you know up to old old men and women, they've come to me just from pure mediumship. They're getting through grief. A com- the most common questions I get are around um, my purpose. What's my purpose? Am I on track with my purpose? Um, the second most common question is around relationships. I get very common from women. You know, when will I meet the one? It's even made me question what the one is because okay. I've I've seen I've I've been able to feel energetically into different types of relationships. I learn so much through my clients because I'm in my channel for them, and I'm still having a human experience, and I'm able to just download information. I'm receiving the knowledge and as, How do you as well. Protect your clients with that from with that information obviously you've got a responsibility if this is coming through how do you absolutely it's it's I have a strong set of rules that I work with my spirit team around um, 
they to only take the consciousness out as far as you can. I was told years ago by a psychic when I went information very far into the future that I couldn't relate to. And it does scare you. If you're not, if your consciousness is not there, things you get told can be quite unnerving, frightening. So we only, we only, we only bring through guidance that the client can, can handle and it's incredibly useful and transformative and healing. And I invite, I set an intention of that. Um, and instead of going into a real psychic frame, we tend to move through what would it take to bring the relationship in? I do. I also do timeline therapy. So I look at the blocks so I can see. Sorry, you've got to explain what is timeline therapy. Timeline therapy is a modality of therapy where we, we work with timelines that are um, either in this life, past lives, or through the ancestry tree. And we see where wounding began. What is the benefit of that experience of knowing your past life. So for, for, for timeline therapy, the benefit is when you go back to understand where the wounding began, we can go back and clear the wounding. Okay, so we can stop patterns repeating, we can clear the wounding, we can, we can create new realities in, in this moment now and, and in the future. So is that, does that mean that the belief is that you are carrying wounds from past life that you haven't worked through? Well, we're all here having a human experience to learn and heal. So just by that notion, if that's your belief set, which, which it's, it's one of mine, um, there are things to overcome. There's also beautiful experiences we've had in past lives that we're here to, you know, maybe recreate or to benefit from. We've had great wisdom and knowledge we've acquired in a past life and we've brought that through and we're building on that. We've had beautiful relationships that we meet that person again and take, you know, take it take it um, at that point forward. So it's just not all negative. It can have a little bit of a negative connotation. We've had experiences um, in, prior, in prior lives. We're having experiences this one and we'll have experiences in the future. That's, you know, the soul is eternal. Um, what is the likeliness of um, a message coming through about the future that may change? Like, can it change? Absolutely can change, unless it's very strongly in the destiny line. Um, we are forever creating a reality in this moment. That's been my biggest learning in the intuitive space um, and having my own, I feel like destiny lines change. The timing can also very much change based on how empowered you are and how much you're sitting in your seat of power around your own life and the decisions you're making. Okay, this is good. Explain the seat of power. So if you're sitting in a place where, and I get, I've got this with some clients where you know they're really trying to manifest in a relationship and we're working and I can just see blocks I can see a lot of fear blocks I can see blocks around um, their paradigm of what a relationship is based on childhood experiences um, limiting belief sets I said I'll I'll guide them to go let's work on these blocks because they're there we just we just can't you know the, the the universe isn't bringing you both together because you're not ready what percentage of people have blocks? Oh gosh, <laughs> you know I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I can answer that. You know, it'd be, it'd be most to be a lot of people. It's it's not even it's just mild blocks, big blocks, blocks around abundance. There's there's so many limiting beliefs. I think if we if we didn't have blocks, then you know what are we overcoming? Okay, so, so how do you recognise your blocks? Like what 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 uh, what makes you aware that a 
you have you could have blocks and two way two ways if you keep on repeating a pattern that you're unhappy with you keep on finding yourself in the same relationship with a partner and you think how have I done this again you leave one employer you go to the next it's the same issue and it's constantly something outside of yourself that's a block it, it takes self-reflection and it takes looking at repeated instances to, 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 to notice there is something I'm blocking, there's a pattern I'm repeating. Another way to identify you've got a block is there's a goal you're constantly trying to reach that you can't seem to bring in. That's another, I find, indicator of blocks. For myself, for clients, it's, it's this goal that you keep on convincing yourself, I should have this by now, why don't I? Um, and the blocks are of the mind. It could be energetic blocks. Um, you know, we think we clear things in the mind, but it, the block can sit in the aura. You know, that's why, that's what Reiki practitioners come in, energy healers, um, because there's, 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 many, there's many layers to who we are. We're not just the physical. So do you do, get a read on aura? I do get a read on aura. Um, but I actually, pref- I just like to use the aura. I prefer to, I like to use the guides. I like to use the guidance team. Yeah, who, okay. This guidance team, yep. the spirit team, who are they? Like, Look, the way I look at spirit team and the, the most common way I describe it, it's like if we have physical mentors, a lot of people these days have coaches and mentors, they're your spirit coaches and mentors. We're all born with a master guide. They're with you your whole life. And then you have guides that come and go based on where you are in life and what you're here to learn and heal. So physical people. Well, they can take physical in um, they can take they can embody the physical, but they're spirit in the spirit is how I relate to them. Mm. Yeah, and this can be challenging. I want to just say this is a, this can be a challenging notion. I don't want to say it's a challenging notion because I was challenged initially when someone said you've got a spirit guide, and I was like, what are you talking about? And then. You know, even when I had experiences, I felt that really confusing. And, you know, I think it's so good to question things. And I think it's then so good to decide if you believe or not. So what, was the spiral, spirit guide in a physical form? No. Okay. So how did they come into your life or how did you know? They were always they were in the life. They were always in my life, but I, I came to, to understand their um, energy signatures. That's what, how we describe it. You, you can do an exercise where you bring your guide close to you and you can feel what they feel like. You can clairvoyantly see them if you take yourself into a deep meditative state and you might even be able to hear in your ear, you get a feeling for them. And in any kind of meditation or intuitive circles, at some point you would do an exercise where you bring your guidance team close and you start to understand what it feels like when they're close. Mm, yes, you know what? When you think about psychics and intuitives, mm. you think of um, what I do, think of um, my body, soul and that area mm. of people with different color hair and outfits and you're <laughs> so not like that like it's like you feel quite relatable you yeah know? yeah mm. well I think there's a there's a whole new wave of people coming through that are awakening in I guess the regular world the corporate world um in society that haven't you know, taken them out of the world and had a devotional life, lived in caves, lived in seclusion. It's it's a new it's a new process of awakening. That's what I'm finding with a lot of my students. And yeah, I left the corporate world as a CFO, and um, I for four years combined my finance executive skills with my intuitive skills. I won't say it was easy. My sensitivities increased, and I found it harder and harder to be in the corporate world. Mm. When but, did you leave the the corporate world? Or yeah. 
role as um, CFO. Yeah. yeah, just a few months ago. It's been very recent, but I've been um, running my business part time for, for four years now. What? Okay, so two months ago or yep. three months ago. Yep. What in that time frame do you know now that you didn't know when you were in that role? Like through even your experience in the last three months. I've learning the art of surrender. I'm learning how conditioned I've become to think one way. I'm trying to think another way. I'm trying to get into a more creative space. And I've been watching myself because uh, I'm quite productive in Excel spreadsheets and analytical thinking and problem solving. And it's just, I just realized how good I was at that and how f- efficient I was. And I've got these new skills I'm learning that I'm not good at yet. And I'm like, wow, I've, I've got to be okay that I'm just going to be a lot slower at creative writing or even writing content and it's just because it's not a skill I've so I've got, I'm, I'm learning I have different skills I need different skills now I'm learning that I don't need to be in this this job to keep myself busy I thought I did I, I realized how preoccupied my mind was all the time with work um, what do you mean by keep your yourself busy through a job like, that's a good that? question. I, I I feel, I think I was probably keeping myself distracted from my purpose. And I, and I now see that, that, it, that on some level it served a little bit to do that. And I, d- I don't want to do that anymore. It's I, I needed to give myself the space now to really think about what I wanted to do. I think it's really hard to just leave your job and then go into your purpose work if, if your job isn't your purpose work. Um, I think you need to give yourself space to, uh, you know, think and act and walk and feel differently in the world. What made you take the step? Because you were already doing your purpose work. We'll get to purpose yeah. work in a second, but... Um, and you had this job, what actually pushed you? I looked ahead and I thought, where do I want to be in 20 years time? And it was that far ahead, it wasn't even a year. And I thought, I really want to start now with putting that in place. I also thought, how much more new skills can I acquire where I am? And I just felt like I don't, If I think if I was learning and growing tremendously in that role, I would have stayed, truthfully because I'm, a, I'm a, a lifelong learner, I always have been. So if, I'm, if there's something new to learn or expand myself, I'll stay. But I just thought this isn't, I've outgrown this situation. So that's what I felt comfortable leaving. And yeah, it felt really brave, courageous, making this leap because it didn't make sense to most people in my life. But it made sense in my heart to do it. I love, love working with clients. It's, it's my favorite thing doing readings. What do you love about it? I just love the, there is such a soul connection. I can feel just through observing their body language and they're having these aha moments where epiphanies are being realized and I can feel like a shift in their consciousness. They're thinking differently about a problem they had when they walked in the door and and it's nothing I'm doing, it's their own truths. It's like you create the space for the client where they can have the transformation. They hold the space for themselves. Like, you know, even coaches are probably in there, they may not realize they're in their channel. You're asking a line of questioning and you're just helping the person just to see the problem through a different lens, to understand the fears are a lot smaller, to find a deeper level of self-love and forgiveness, more confidence to go out there and be a different version of themselves. These changes don't happen overnight, but um, it's just exciting you know, having that kind of experience one-on-one with somebody. 
purpose what is your purpose do you know it how did you find it I don't think anyone has one purpose that's what I'm realizing when we when I do a lot of readings around people we we have this big long journey in life and all these little experiences we have tend not to make any sense but I find something you learned three or four years ago or a person you connected with now you meet them and it makes sense why you met them it's the whole thing is the purpose I feel like as long as you are enjoying and trying to find a a way to be present you know and, and you're finding a sense of meaning in what you're doing here and now I think that is the purpose you know and and even when I was in publishing for all those years that was purpose I remember when I arrived um 14 years ago in the publishing industry I remember thinking I'm meant to be here so I was I was in purpose then I, I I found meaning in the work I did and then it just it evolved into something else some people might have one thing they're meant to do but I think that's kind of rare I do Tony Robbins. Yeah. You've been to Tony. I have been to Tony. <laughs> Talk us about that experience and um, especially to, to people that think he's over the top, you know? Look, he, he is over the top. That's why you get the transformation. You want over the top. If I wanted average, I would, you know, if you want if you want same, I don't want same because I'm going to walk out the same. You want something that's going to jolt you. That's why, you know, when I, I went to an ashram in India many years ago, it was, it was extraordinary because I, I walked out fundamentally changed from such a, an experience that kind of shocked me. How? Um, because it, 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 it makes you think differently. This experience in India made me think differently. Tony Robbins makes you think differently. Every in what way? Okay. The that, ashram in India, how did it make you think differently? Because you, you, you wake up and you have this, from the morning to the night rituals are all thrown out. You wake up at four in the morning. You have prayer and devotion before you um, before you eat. Then you have to do something called sewa where you've got to go and clean. You know, you have to, like, you have to give up time and be in devotion. You, you have this inner reflective time at different times of the day. You eat in silence. You do chanting meditation for hours on end. I mean, you can't have an experience like that, even if you're not religious. I I wasn't overly really I just wasn't I was there to have this experience and find deeper faith within myself you, you can't but leave changed you're not you're fundamentally doing something that kind of shocks you a little and you're constantly having these really interesting conversations with random people and they're opening up your eyes to think differently I mean Tony Robbins gets you to move your body he, he, he he's um you know, he uses neuro-linguistic programming to, I guess, reprogram your, your thought process because that's, that's what we're searching for. Even with coaches, we're looking for a new way of thinking, a new way of bring, accessing our intuition, a new way of creating a new vision for ourselves. What are you, what's it um, aspiring to you? What's inspiring to or me? aspiring. Like, what do you... Aspire to do or be? Oh, no, be, say. Because you've been around a lot of people, like, mm. you know, the Tony Robbins or the, yeah. at the ashram or yeah. in the publishing world, yeah. senior executives, you've yeah. got your clients. Like, um, you've got uh, great mentors in your life. You've got your spirit guide. <laughs> like, what, what kind of... Do you, where do you want to be? It's interesting you say that because as I as I sit here and answer it, I kind of like where I'm now. 
That is the perfect answer. I love that. I know. I don't know where that came from. I really enjoying how I'm teaching now. I trust that I'm going to continue to evolve. I'm really enjoying the experiences I'm having with my students. Yeah, there is more there that I want to be, but I think it's just reaching for something beyond that's, I think it's, I think it's a great way to have goals and ambitions. It, re- it really is. But I think I, what I'm learning is to enjoy what I'm doing now. I think I've never. And been, how are you going with that? Yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy, but. Um, and why, why, why should we, why is that good to enjoy now? Cause I think you, I think you can miss some nice moments in life if you don't enjoy now. I've had some really great roles and real, and work from really great people. And I've enjoyed a lot of the times, but I look back and sometimes I didn't enjoy it. And I just think, why, why didn't I, why wasn't I a bit more present in those experiences? And I was just kind of wishing for something more or wishing, definitely wishing for more to be on the spiritual path when I was in the corporate world. And I just think, why did I, why couldn't I just learn to be a little bit more grateful with what I had? So that's what I'm really trying to practice now. So I think this is what I want to teach. So if I can't embody this, how can I teach it? That's what I'm realizing. So do you think that suffering, I know that's a big word, but um, um, uncomfortableness or not being happy or moments where you wish it was different is driven from a, a lack of being present? I think I think suffering... Well, I think, you know, I think sufferings and, and hardships are, are inevitable in the course of life. But I think suffering, I think, is when we're out of alignment with our values and we're living out of alignment is where we are acting and doing one thing but desiring another state. That can cause suffering. Um, and I think then, there's, then you've got your mindset where you need to find... It's important to find a level of peace with where you are now, knowing that the bigger goals that you have will will happen. And what if they don't? I feel like if they don't, then you then there'll be a knowing that they're not meant to. Um, let me just rephrase that because I feel like there's more there. Um, I think if, if you're present every step of the way, it just makes sense to you. You know, and these are big questions, and I think we're, yeah. I, it, it's. I think it's important to get into the detail because we can have these really big answers and go, you know, let's just be present. But what does that mean? Yeah, because it's. it's it, I think it's the hardest thing to ever do. It is, and and the way I've learned to be present is I've learned to just. St- I've, I've, for me, I've learned to break down my day into into little little bits. And just go, okay, what am I doing right now? I'm going to enjoy this coffee. I'm going to just enjoy this lunch. I'm looking forward to seeing this. It's, it's just changing my, my little thought process through the day. Someone once told me when you're thinking about the present, mm. you're already out of it. Oh, it's so true. So like, God, you go, what the freak? Like now it's a whole different level of being present. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's something I think to not think too much about, truthfully. What a conundrum. Yeah, you know, you don't, I think you're right. Because you kind of have to address it. Well, not if you have, if you're there and you're mm. at that moment and you, yeah. you think something's yeah. not right and it brings you to that, yeah. that, that feeling of, more presence or requiring to be more present yeah I think playing a lot more I think having fun I think enjoying company I think connections I think not being too obsessive about one thing I think I'm having a lot of balance in life I think having all your houses full you know having having 
deep, deep and meaningful connections with people is what, what keeps you, you in a state of balance. So give us some tips um, to tap into our intuitive self. So I teach at Meditation's Key. I haven't really seen anyone be able to develop their intuitive abilities without a pretty strong meditation practice. I find having a place where you meditate every day, daily, that same place, it's like you create a portal where you meditate. The energy and the frequency of where you meditate gets stronger. So if you can try and meditate in the same place every day, it also creates a charge around that physical place when you meditate. So then you'll go into that room and you'll feel it straight away. That Absolutely. That's why you go into places where people do a lot of meditation. or It's like if you go into a room where someone's had a fight, you'll just suddenly feel it, you know. And then we're energy first and foremost. What I then teach is it's important to start a development circle. If you really want to take your intuit- intuitive abilities further you need it's important to find a a teacher a mentor a group to develop with because you're going to start to have interesting experiences and this is where soul tribes is important you want to find a tribe of people that can relate to you and your experiences do you have to find them or do you think that you'll just attract them because you're you have self in a different space look quite often i've done readings where i've seen clients have been a bit isolated and i've said to them you need to get out and find the tribe you don't have to search high and low but you have to leave your house some people don't don't go out don't do will not go and try little circles you have to go out and find it even if it's on zoom you can find an online group but you need to seek it trusting the universe will find you the group that you're meant to but you have to actually take action you have to try mm. yeah and then and then the soul group will emerge absolutely because it can't it can't emerge if you're sitting at home under underneath the blankets <laughs> scared well, of spirit you could call in your spirit <laughs> still got to move into action though that's a thing that's the thing in life you you can get all the guidance you want and and you talked about blocks and the guides will say that this is what you need to do if you don't move into action you don't get fit and healthy or change the mindset or commit to the things or leave the job or leave the marriage or stay in the marriage or whatever you've been called to do. If you don't move into action and you're in this um, in-between place, you're not going to get forward momentum in your life. It just won't happen. Um, Before we finish up, just last question. What's your advice to people that are in a corporate role and feel a bit stuck or actually in a job or Mm. in their own business or in a relationship or what would you say to them i feel like when people are stuck and it's it's because they're in a job or a relationship that doesn't serve them they've lost a connection to themselves is what i fundamentally find they've lost a connection to what they desire they've lost a connection to their own meaning in their own life and their own sense of purpose and sometimes you'll start seeing it as the relationship isn't you know healthy anymore or the, the, and you might have outgrown the relationship or job but when we start to blame them as reasons for our unhappiness quite often it's within ourselves. so quite often what I see is there is a need to go back to what do you love about your life yourself and who you are and you've got to work on that first Once you've worked on that, if the relationship and the job is still making you unhappy, then it is time to move on. But rarely will we just say leave because you are still taking yourself in that frame into another relationship and another job. So if you've lost the connection to what you love because you've sacrificed too much, because you've you've done things that you thought you needed to because someone said 
that that's the way you have to be in the world. Um, you feel like you have to follow what society and everyone in your age group demographic are doing you have lost connection to yourself so you've got to get back to you and then it will become clearer the way forward now this is just a left field question it just comes through yeah would you ever do uh readings live yeah i have so i did them live on psychic tv I was on channel seven or 74 mate, I think was the channel. So I, I did psychic TV and I did a Facebook program called all about you. And I did live psychic reading. So no, absolutely. I can channel and, and, and read, um, live. Um, and it doesn't interrupt the frequency or the spirit guides or any of that. No, I do readings in person and I do them over the phone. So what I tend to need is a full name and a date of birth. You need to connect into the energy and the vibration of the person. So you'll either need to hear their voice, which has a vibration, or you need a frequency of the name and the date of birth or a photo, a quite a recent photo. Um, they're, the, they're the thing, they're the tools um, most intuitives will use. But, yeah, no, I, I can and I have done live readings. Yeah, I, you definitely should be on TV, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Elise. It's been wonderful.